Welcome to the HR Stories Podcast, where there is a lesson in every story. If we listen well, stories help us learn and teach us ways to act. Each year, John Tallheimer and Chuck Smickin deliver thousands of seminars around the country to business owners, executives, and HR professionals, discussing the fundamentals of human resources, best legal practices, and risk reduction activities for organizations. This podcast allows us to dig deep into the human resources experience and see where businesses go wrong. Each episode, we share a different story where a company missed the mark, and then we'll provide recommendation based on our years of working in the human resources field. Sit back, listen, learn, and act. Welcome to the HR Stories Podcast, where there is a lesson in every story. And now our host, John Tallheimer and Chuck Samikian. John, good to hear your voice again. Yeah, it's good to see you as well and see what's going on. So I, we, I know our listeners haven't heard from us. We've been kind of busy doing our own things. What have you been up to? Well, John, I've been doing some hardcore HR consulting. I know hardcore sounds hardcore, but <laughs> it's basic HR, working with different companies, teaching a lot of classes, sexual harassment classes, uh, working with a couple of hotels, setting up their HR department. So basic HR work. And of course, I've been writing a book with you. Yeah, right. We spent a lot of time on that book. Uh, I, I know listeners, you've been out there listening, waiting for this book to come out. And I, I feel a little bit bad that we haven't delivered it yet. But what we've been doing over the last probably three or four months is working with our graphics person, uh, our style person, as we'll say, uh, to get it right. And we're putting a lot of functionality into this book. Um, it's going to be the top 70 checklists we need uh, and when we're doing HR. Um, and so we're really excited about that. It will be coming out. We're hoping to launch probably the fall, right, Chuck? Is that what we're thinking? Absolutely. And the whole reason for that book, folks, the uh, ultimate book of HR checklists is so that you don't end up as an HR story on HR Stories podcasts, similar to the stories we're going to talk about today, right, John? Yeah, I mean that's actually that's a great that's a great segue. Yeah, I mean definitely. I mean we're, we build it. I mean I always think as you and I both work work clients, right? We work with a lot of clients, and both of us had this feeling when we left those clients that we weren't sure if they were going to get HR right. We were just mm -hmm. not sure. And so we kept leaving them with notes and checklists and standard operating procedures for them to follow. So when we weren't there, they had a path to follow. And I think, you know, both of us realized that there is so much value in creating paths or checklists for individuals um, so they can get HR right. I, so both of us were like, you know, this just makes so much sense. And we've had early readers. We've had early readers. And I wish. I had pulled up their quotes, but all of them have been loving it and can't wait to use it. Uh, and some of them have already been using it in their business. I have a um, person that I know that we gave the book to. She works as the assistant director in a nonprofit and just has raved about it, how it's really helped them get their HR back on track. Yeah. So. so outside of the book, John, before we get into our multitude of HR stories, what have you been working on? Yeah, I've been doing a lot, like you, doing a lot of HR uh, work, doing a lot of training and facilitating HR classes, spending a lot of time on our Facebook group, HR Department of One. Um, but I've also been doing a lot of strategic planning for 
nonprofits, for for-profit companies, and just for teams, right? And a lot of times I'm working with managers and they need to develop a strategic plan for their team. And so I've really been spending a lot of time on that. Uh, I know you and Chuck, you and I talked, what was it, about a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, all right, I know what my next book is. It's going to be strategic planning. And I don't know if it'll be a book, but a pamphlet to give people the tools so they can do the strategic planning on their own. Um, so lots of things going on. It has been very busy and very exciting, but we wanted to get back to HR Stories podcast um, because we believe that we can learn from other people's mistakes. And that's why we share these stories, because we want you all to learn from other people's mistakes. So we don't do that same thing. Fantastic. So what stories do we have today? What's our theme for the day? Yeah, so the theme today is child labor, right? And so think about this, what's going on in the workplace right now. Uh, there are so many job openings right now. And so companies, businesses, nonprofits, organizations are trying to figure out how do we fill these vacancies? How do we fill those vacancies? And one of the things they're doing is they're reaching out and looking for teen labor, right? People that are 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, they're looking for those individuals to come in and work in their thing, which um, is fantastic, right? It is a great way to grow your company, a great way, great way for those individuals to get experience. Um, I actually do a uh, assessment called the Judgment Index, which I think is one of the best assessments out in the market. And it does have an indicator for what they call work-life value and how much understanding do people have about what it takes to work. And what they found in their research is those individuals who did not work in high school, did not work in college, um, were just not as good. They, they needed to learn what it was like to work. So when they came out of college, it took them a while to understand what it was like for working and how people work and supervisors and working with other people um, and so it took them a long time to do that. And so I always think, and I always kind of encourage parents to allow their children to work during high school, allow their children to work during college, um, because it's going to offer, make them more well-rounded when they do get out in the workplace. Chuck, I'm interested in, what was your first job? What was your oh, first, first job? job? So let's tell a story. I've got well, there was the off the books job, John, where uh -oh. my father was a mechanic at a uh, at a car dealership. And every Saturday he would pull me in. I was 14, 15 years old before I could before I turned 16. I'd show up every Saturday for four hours, wash cars, change tires um, for the mechanics. And they would drive a car into this wash bay. I'd wash it. I'd call them. They'd move it out. So that was my first job like that. But my first real job where I actually was a W-2 employee was at a restaurant called Long John Silver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I washed dishes and eventually I made it up to fry cook like, like, like SpongeBob, I guess you could say. <laughs> what about you, John? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I also had an off the books job. Um, I was tell, I was sharing before we started recording. I was sharing it with you, um, but it was working in a greenhouse, uh, and it was the couple weeks before Easter. My friends and I would go on Saturday. We'd move the Easter lilies around. We would get it all set up and that kind of stuff. Um, but I think my true first job. I'm trying to think back. My first true job. I worked at a summer camp, and I'm not going to say that was my first true job, but I probably I got paid for it. 
but my really first true job, I worked at an AM PM mini market, um, overnight shift, uh, which is always interesting. Met, met a lot of interesting people, got robbed once. Um, uh, you know, just things, you know, it's just, there's so many stories <laughs> there that I could share. Um, uh, my favorite is not getting robbed, which is a great story, but I, I was working and it was like four o'clock in the morning, four 30. And this gentleman comes walking into our store, but we had this large plate of glass and he walked right into it, uh, literally cracking it, not breaking it completely, but putting a large crack in it. And I had no idea what I should do. I'm like, first I made sure he was okay. But then I'm like, well, do I need to, you know, who do I talk to? I had no idea. Here I was probably 17 or 18 working at this AMP. And I had no idea what to do in the middle of the night. So I waited till my boss came in and then explained to him what happened. So. Well, there's a story right there. Tell yeah. me some HR stories, John, what do we got today? I yeah. So I got a couple of stories. And so, yeah. you know, when we call stories, right, we've been calling stories is really, we go out, and we listen to the Department of Labor, we listen to the EOC, we look at through our all contacts and see, you know, what are those relevant stories out there? Um, and so really we're talking, our theme today is child labor. And so there was a Chuck E. Cheese, right? We've all heard of Chuck E. Cheese. Love Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, right. It's a great, great restaurant, great place to go. And so they had a teenager, a 17 year old who was operating a power driven dough mixer which is against the Fair Labor Standard Act, right? They cannot operate machinery um, at that age. You have to turn 18. Um, and so there was an investigation done at this Chuck E. Cheese, um, and they found out that he was doing that, operating meat slicers and other power-driven bakery stuff, which is illegal, right? Could not do that at that restaurant. But not only did they come in and look at that, but then they also looked at, well, were proper records being kept? Were they doing overtime properly? And in some cases they weren't. And so that was a, one of the interesting stories. The other one was from down in North Carolina. It was just a little bit longer ago, but it was 2019, 2018, somewhere in there, where they had hired teenagers and the teenagers suffered a hand injury. So enough that he had to go to the emergency room. So we all know, right, if there's an injury at work, that requires hospitalization or going to the hospital, you need to let OSHA know. OSHA came in and did this thing and they found out that this individual was 17. Uh, and what he was doing was taking lumber off the conveyor, conveyor belt in the milling operations, the lumber mill. And so they came in and did this investigation, found out they were doing that. So they got fined for that. But of course, OSHA comes in there sees what's going on, reaches out to the Department of Labor, says you may want to come in here and look at these violations under the Fair Labor Standard Act. So in both cases, those things came out. And so it's, it's really interesting to start thinking about what can children do in the workplace. And now we're talking about, right, 14 to 15 year olds, there's limitations, 16 to 17 year olds are limitations. After 18, there's no limitations. You can treat them like adults. Um, although some of them may not be adults, as you know what I mean there, um, right? And so we want to make sure that everyone understands what those are. Yeah. And it, well, first of all, I think the biggest part of that story you just shared is that there are Chuck E. Cheeses still in business. I mean, that's awesome. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I, I no, um, But yes, outside of the fact that Chuck E. Cheese is still around in business, I'm very excited 
Uh, but you brought up uh, two different aspects, the major violations of child labor law. When I get into my stories, we're going to expand upon those. But there's what are the 14, 14 and 15, right? And 16 and 17 year olds, what type of work are they doing? What type of machinery are they doing? And I know as we wrap up later today, you're going to go over some of those things on the uh, on the fact sheets for child labor law. But the other thing is um, is the cascading effect of they come in, the Department of Labor comes in, OSHA comes in, they come in to investigate one thing. All of a sudden, they find two or three other um, other items, and the the fines just grow up. They 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 call their friends at other agencies. They get in here. There may be something for you. And that's what I heard a little bit. In fact, I've got a story for you, John, that 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 examines exactly that same thing. Have we heard of Little Caesars, another pizza place? Yeah, Little Caesars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this is uh, in your neck of the woods in Tennessee. And it's Little Caesars franchises in Tennessee. Uh, they violated federal child labor regulations. And I got to tell you, this isn't too long ago. This is just a couple of months ago. So a lot of times you're thinking, oh, yeah, that was years ago before our companies were sophisticated. Folks, this is three or this is back in April. This happened. So and I think one of the things that I'll point out is and I think everyone because I share a lot of stories um, about franchisees that mess up. Right. And so it's yeah. not Little Caesars corporate that is messing up. Uh, they know better. They're sophisticated. They probably have very sophisticated franchisees around the country. But in this particular case, we don't know if there was a demand and they were just trying to figure this out, uh, but they messed up, right? They didn't follow the law. Exactly. So the U.S. Department of Labor uh, goes in and the and it wasn't the OSHA at first. So the wage and hour division went in first on this one and the, because uh, they found that the employers were failing to account for all hours worked, right? It was just an overall hours investigation. Um, and then they found out that Little Caesars uh, was not paying at least minimum wage. They weren't paying overtime in violation of the Fair Labor Standards Act. But then when they're there, they're like, oh, look at these, you know, because when they pull um, employee records, they get names and dates of birth and everything. And they found 15-year-old workers engaged in prohibited and hazardous activities, preparing the food, um, removing food from the ovens, operating a vertical stand-up mixing machine. And then they looked further and said, what do they do? What does wage and hour do? Let's see your time cards. Oh, wait a second. You're scheduling your 15-year-old employees to work after 7 p.m.? You're scheduling them to work more than 18 hours in a school week and past 9 p.m. On a, on a weekend, more than 40 hours when school is in session. I mean, it was a mess. John, they had to pay um, $161,000. It's a lot of pizza. That is a lot. Yeah, that's selling a lot of pizza, right? Yeah. Um, which reminds me of another story. There was a bakery, and I can't remember where it was, but there was a bakery which was using a 13-year-old to work in this bakery, 
not family related, no family related, working 13 year old and not paying them. The 13 year old is working on a volunteer basis. Um, and the challenge was not only were they not paying them, which is a major issue, but they were also um, allowing him to use equipment that he shouldn't be using, right. right? And so, I mean, again, this stuff happens all the time. And I really look at this two ways, right? As a employer and a management consultant, I'm always thinking about making sure my clients are doing this well. But I think parents need to think about this, right? If I have a child, a teen going into work, I'm going to talk about like, hey, these are the things you can do at work. Make sure that you know these are the things. If somebody's asking you to do that, talk to them. You know, is this really fair under the Fair Labor Standard Act? Right? Ask those questions. I teens should not be afraid to ask those questions now i remember myself as a teen i was just doing what they told me to do um in most cases they were telling me right but i can i can think back and there were times i was probably doing things i shouldn't have been doing yeah you know there's a website uh for that that the department of labor has it's called youthrules.gov youth y-o-u-t-h-r-u-l-e-s youthrules.gov it's a uh, website from the um, Department of uh, Wage Wage and Hour Division. So uh, I and I found that on my next story. Are you ready for this? Oh no, no, no! Another one? <laughs> yes, another story. So we and this actually was three days ago, John. This just okay. hit the uh, wires three days ago. So we all love Chick Fil A, right? Yeah. Well, and we yeah. all love Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks, world champions, right? No, no, okay. we don't. But okay. okay, that was a nice. Well, you tried to slide that in there, and I was listening. You were listening. You're listening. Well, here's the deal: in Tampa, they have Chick Fil A's in in uh, the Raymond James Stadium. Oh, and yeah, and uh, and to your point, uh, they couldn't find enough workers to work uh, that were 16, 17, 18 years old, 19, 20 years old at these uh, Chick Fil A's in the in the Tampa uh, Stadium, Raymond James. So. They uh, had 17 workers that were ages 14 and 15 years old, and they were uh, they allowed them to work past 7 p.m., uh, more than three hours during a school day um, between Labor Day and June 1st. And, you know, after Labor Day, school's in session, but also so is football season and football's on a Sunday, Monday night football. You couldn't, there are restrictions, especially in Florida. So they violated it and they had to pay. Uh, they got off easy, John. They only had to pay 12000 almost $13,000. So that is uh, Chick-fil-A. So you could see it's happening to big companies, small companies. And I have a couple other quick stories. Do we have time for another story sure, or throw, two? Throw another yeah. story in there. So, I do. I do want to get to the fact sheet because I think oh, that's yeah. what people are asking. Folks, for. hang out. We're going to get you there. But I, I'm just so excited to tell you uh, that you need to keep an eye on, and this is why you need to have your resources. You need to listen to podcasts like this and um, join John and I on our. Um, we have a, a Facebook group and everything. We'll put all that stuff in the show notes. But you know, the Department of Labor at the beginning of summer they told companies, hey. We're looking at this. You know, a lot of people miss these press releases, John. And um, and a lot of times the Department of Labor, EEOC, they'll have a focus, uh, maybe a focus for the summer, a focus for the year. And um, the focus this summer 
uh, was on youth labor. And uh, there, the uh, Department of Labor, especially in the, the Northwest, said, uh, did a press release, and they said, look, as summer hiring season's coming on, um, and there's more opportunities for youth age workers, employers be on the lookout. And there were three investigations that occurred over the past year that made the Department of Labor say, you folks aren't getting the message. Number one is a group called Super One Foods. They have 16 grocery stores in Idaho, Montana, and Washington. They permitted their minor employees to operate, once again, power-driven trash compactors, box balers. Um, they also allowed the 14 and 50-year-old workers to work beyond the number of hours. So once again, the type of equipment they're working on, the type of hours that they're working. Um, they also did not pay, uh, they did not uh, do the proper meal breaks. They did not include uh, these performance bonuses that were uh, required when they calculated the rates of pay. You see, folks, it's more than just violating a couple of labor, uh, child labor laws. They're going to dig into the time cards. Uh, $114,000 for this grocery store. And uh, another grocery store up in the Northwest, Fred Myers. You ever heard of Fred Myers? Yeah, yep. yeah. Myers is a big one up there. Same thing letting people drive uh, power-driven box balers or, or work them, they ended up having to pay $55,000. And then one other group called Ridley's Farmer's Market, uh, once again, uh, up in that area, just allowing underage employees. Uh, and this one was where a 16-year-old worker suffered a severe cut Ooh. while loading and operating a baler. And by the way, the bakery you're talking about, uh, it's here in Orlando. I And if it's not, there was a, a story here in Orlando. Same thing. Small bakery. We're going to let this 13-year-old work because they want experience in the pastry making industry. Right. They're going to volunteer. Yep. Well, that volunteer got hurt. That injury, that person went to the hospital. It had to be reported. It's reported up. Boom. Next thing you know, the OSHA folks show up. So a lot of great stories today, John. Yeah, our point. Where yeah, we so a couple of things I want to point out, and then we'll get in and I want to talk about the fact sheet and we can go through some of the details, but we'll point everyone to that fact sheet. The first of all is typically when these things are happening, it's because managers and supervisors are not trained in employment law. I can't say that enough. We have to train our managers and supervisors in employment law. Now, most of us people that are probably listening to this podcast are HR professionals, people that deal with HR all the time. And they're like, yeah, we got that. We know. But do your managers and supervisors know? That's the important part. A lot of times executives, well, they don't know. They don't really they don't get into the details. They just know they're. The second thing that I will point out in most of these cases, none of the none of the teens were lying about their age. Right. It wasn't like the teens came in and said, oh, I'm 18 when they were 16 or 17. They were saying, I want a job. This is how old I am. They're like, oh, great. We need the labor. Let's bring them in. And no one told the manager and supervisor about what they could do and what they couldn't do. So they were standing around. They needed somebody to get on a dough mixer. They needed someone to do something like, hey, can you do that? They, they thought it was safe. Maybe it was in that particular case. But again, making sure our managers or supervisors are trained. So let's get into, Chuck, and talk about um, fact sheet number 43. 
So for those that don't know, and I know most of you probably do, the Department of Labor puts out what they call fact sheets. And what they do is kind of condense the law for us to have a better understanding for us mere mortals to look at it and go, okay, what does this mean? What does it mean, right? And so fact sheet number 43 is child labor provisions of the Fair Labor Standard Act for non-agriculture occupations. There are differences when we get into agriculture work. We're not gonna talk about those today, but if you have employees doing agriculture work, you probably wanna tap into that. And so there are minimum age standards for employment. So under the Fair Labor Standard Act, children under the age of 14 may not be employed in non-agriculture occupations covered by the FLSA, Permissible employment for such children is limited to work that is exempt from FLA, SLA, such as delivering newspapers to the consumer and acting. Children may also perform work not covered by the FLSA, such as completing minor chores around private homes or casual babysitting. Neither of those things are covered by FLSA. Now, from 14 to 15, uh, young per persons 14 to 15 of age may be employed outside of school hours in a variety of non-manufactured, non-hazard jobs for limited periods of time under specific conditions. And Chuck was talking about that in some of his stories where on a school day, they can only work so many hours and they can only work up, they can't work outside, between 7 p.m. and 7 a.m. They can only work three hours, right? But one of the things that Chuck mentioned, and I wanna make sure that everyone hears it, is that child labor laws vary by state. Um, and so I used to live in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has very strict child labor laws, and it can be traced back to back in the coal mining days when they had kids as young as eight, nine, 10 working in the coal mines. Um, and so that became a big thing. And so they put these laws in place to protect the children. Um, other states are not as tough. And so just paying attention to where you have employees becomes in there. 16 basic minimum age for employment 16 and 17 year olds may be employed for unlimited hours in any occupation other than those declared hazardous by the secretary of labor and we're going to dive for, in you know, go ahead that is federal law though yeah so. yeah right yeah uh yeah so pay attention to what your state says i know you were saying in florida there are very strict things and getting work permits and that kind of stuff so uh and then when everyone becomes 18 no one else cares about them and so they can go do whatever they want yeah. So that's great stuff. I mean, the important thing is to know your laws. If believe it or not, Florida has stricter, Florida really has no laws in a way, but when it comes to child labor law, um, you, they have for 16 and 17 year olds, it is a little more, uh, strict, but once they hit 18, um, work them, uh, and, you know, another interesting thing, John, is I always have people tell me, oh, I didn't get my required break by the law that the law requires. If you're 18 years and older, unless your state requires it, there is no required break. But for your 16 and 17 year olds, a lot of states do mandate a break every few hours. So yeah, and, and stuff let, to keep in mind. And let's face it we all need a break, right? And so we should never be putting someone in a situation where they cannot take a break. Um, and I get it. And for some occupations, it's really important that everyone is there. So you take your breaks together. Um, but we should make sure our employees get a break. So there are um, 17 what they call hazard occupation Ooh. orders. Ooh. Um, 
What was that? <laughs> That's me. Wow. <laughs> I thought you were being a little, uh, you're doing a little, your dove impersonation. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so 16 to 7, right? So it's uh, hazard, occupation hazards. There's 17 of them. I am not going to go through all of them, but they range from manufacturing and storing explosives. Obviously, that's you know, something you don't want somebody under the age of 18 doing. Mining and other coal, manufacturing of brick tile and related products, trenching and excavation operations. Um, so there's a lot of different things. But again, go to fact sheet number 43 and you will see this. And then you can look at your job descriptions, right? Those job descriptions, fundamental document for your organization. You can go and look at those and you can make sure that you are following these things by the letter. And really the key here is who's administrating that from your point of view. What do your managers and supervisors know? My recommendation is um, to make sure you're training all your managers in employment law, but take a lunch and learn. Take a lunch and learn and talk to them about child labor laws. If you have a lot of children working in your workplace, talk about child labor laws. What does it mean? Um, and by child labor laws, I mean 14 and above. This is amazing stuff. And uh, folks, we hope you enjoyed our series of stories today on the HR Stories podcast. It's it's great to be back on the mic again. And I cannot wait for our next round of HR Stories. Yeah, great, Chuck. Yeah, I think we, I mean, again, I think going forward, as we start thinking about these themes, we're going to share these stories. Chuck and I both are a uh, reader of these stories because we know that we learn from these stories we also know that we let our clients know about these stories um and so i have been reminding my clients hey if you're going to be hiring people that are under 18 make sure you know what the child labor laws here's the attack fact sheet 43 here's the information as a consultant as an hr professional you can do the same thing um and maybe just give them this podcast, send them this podcast. So they can listen to it on there. Yeah. And of course, look out for our book coming out this fall, the ultimate book of HR checklists, which is a step-by-step -step reference to helping you uh, avoid costly mistakes and get HR right. And if you do have any questions for us, you can ask us. The email address is askus at gettinghrright.com. So feel free to go ahead and uh, send us an email. If you're interested in getting that book pre-order or pre-order that book, send us an email as well. We will make sure that you get uh, that book. We'll get you on the list. Awesome. Thanks, John. Thank you, Chuck. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to HR Stories Podcast. The material presented in this podcast is for informational purposes only. Chuck and John always recommend using an employment lawyer to handle any legal HR issues. We do our best to double check sources and make sure the information we are providing is accurate. We may eliminate or embellish without changing the basic narrative to make the story easier to understand. In certain circumstances, we may change in identifying information to protect the innocent. If you have any questions, please reach out, reach out to us at help at hrstoriespodcast.com. Thank you for listening to the HR Stories podcast, where there is a lesson in every story.